This is Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global changemakers dedicated to creating a healthier planet. One where our unique gifts are lived, expressed, and celebrated. I'm your host, Julian Guderlai. Hi, this is Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I'm here today with uh, Anita Sanchez. Anita is a best-selling author of The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. And I'm super excited to be here with you, Anita. Welcome. Uh, same here. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. Um, maybe let's start, not all the way at the beginning, but let's, let's start with your book and just give a bit of context about your work and your work in the world, because there's so much that you're doing and so many groups and, um, you know, <laughs> places that you offer and share your wisdom in. And uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so I am, I'm indigenous, um, I'm Nahua, which most people know as Aztec, and I'm Mexican-American, and um, so we don't have to start at the very beginning, but with my book, uh, I've always in, uh, for 40 plus years, I, and I continue to work with business leaders, corporations, um, focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion. Reality of it is, it's connecting hearts and minds all over the world, um, helping us to remember that we're part of one hoop of life. And so in the um, early 90s, I, at that point, I'd already been working for almost 20 years. And I didn't feel like I was doing you know, all those doubts, like, oh, am I doing what I was doing? And I, I went to um, a gathering where I volunteer my time with Indigenous youth, teaching them things to help them when they, they're about to go into the corporate world. And there was this hoop there. And it was this hoop as we entered this room, it had a hundred eagle feathers. And of course we were cleansed and everything. We go in and I just was, all of us could just feel the energy of this beautiful hoop. And then the story was shared. And what was shared by a Mohican elder, Don Coyas, was that who had the vision was that um, spirit had come to him and told him that we were going to be entering a, a a winter time, but a winter time not like no other. And that human beings had to remember that we had forgotten what it was to be in right relationship with ourselves and all our relatives in the hoop of life. And in order for us to have harmony and balance, we needed to remember. And so they, there was to be a call out to indigenous people, 27 elders from all over the world, Asia, Europe, Africa, the Americas came together and with the hoop, they had ceremony in all their own languages and meditation and various things. And then at the end, they put four gifts in the hoop for all of us, everyone who's watching, listening, everyone, not, not just oh, this is for my indigenous nation or tribe. This spirit said, use these gifts. And the promise is, the invitation is that you will remember how to be in healthy relationship with yourself, other two leggeds and all the beings, earth herself. And so um, what happened is the doubt at that point that I was feeling about, wow, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like this, you know, beside myself, my hair was just standing straight out. And I was like, all of a sudden I heard these gifts and I, I just know, like I'm sure you and others have experienced when something is just true. And I began using them and incorporating them in all my works, whether from the C-suite, going in the middle of the Amazon, in my own home, in my life. Mm. And what I found is that they, it helped me shift. It helped me to remember uh, that I'm a human being and to have compassion. What, like the river, being able to flow like a tree growing in its natural and its seasons, these gifts were able to help me do that as well. So I, I'm now what some would call, I still do all my consulting work and I love it. And, um, but I'm also called um, a messenger, a grandmother, an auntie uh, of the ego hoop prophecy and these gifts to share with anyone and everyone who cares to listen. And it's not a telling, this is, you have to do this. It's not that at all. It's just like, consider it, these are gifts and it may support you especially at this time when there's such division and chaos and wonderful unfolding of the possibility of the new. Yeah, chaos and uh, 
all of that often results also into opportunity, right? And that opportunity yes. is the transformation, the transformational opportunity that we we're sitting upon this kind of this timeline shift where, you know, we can see all the problems and there's lots of science to most of the problems on our, our planet and um, great pollution and, and all of this, but really there's a flip side to it. And that's what you're, that's what you're saying. The flip side is what if we just remembered who we really are? And when we listen, what shows up and what does the, you know, the non-human world that we're, that we're living in, what does that tell us? Right. Because we know this from all the different cultures across the world. And, and I know many people listening have their own experiences of this. When we listen and we listen to the plants and the animals specifically, they have a lot to share with us. They certainly do a whole lot. And I think what you're talking about, which every tradition all over, we all know that when we can become present and some just relish it because it's only for a moment and others with practice and practice, you can, you can really present is being present is the norm and you feel it immediately when you're out, but that being present allows us to not only hear the wisdom in nature, other two-leggeds, but we get to hear the wisdom inside because we're all part of what we call, you know, the sacred hoop of life. So all beings are sacred. We, doesn't, we don't always operate in sacred ways, but nonetheless, the remembering is that like you're my relative, that tree's my relative, water's my relative. Uh, we're intimately interconnected. And so why wouldn't I wanna be present and listening and then be in creative collaborative action that supports life rather than destructing? destruction to to life itself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we're, we're starting to drop in on, on whole systems awareness i i think is the, the the modern day word for it i i like when it's just really simply listening and you know for a lot of um i can speak for central european culture you know where, where i was born in in central europe in germany a lot of cultures in 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 you know that very dominant western world there's a there's a very hard time in really remembering because all of the remembering has to do with um yeah with wars and with warfare and with destruction and so there's not a whole lot that we can actually remember from our own culture that actually um yeah nature is the the real um through line i guess that has been around throughout all this time that has so much more to share with us and I can, you know, I can just see that along my peers and everywhere in the world, people are waking up to this. People are waking up to this remembrance and people are in modern language, waking up to a whole systems awareness and understanding, well, what I do to myself, what I do to the other, what I do to the environment, it's all the same thing. And this is where, you know, um, wisdom holders like you and indigenous cultures across the planet have so much to offer because these were through lines all along that we are all deeply interconnected and um, actually nothing happens without a reason or without a connection. Absolutely. You, you've got it. And um, so thank you for calling me a wisdom keeper. I am one. And I want people to really understand that, you know, we're, we're human, we're earthly and we're spirit and all of us are on our journeys and some of them have unique and a lot of them have interconnections. Um, what key, as you keep saying, is listening, being present. And so what came up for me is an elder who had shared once, you need, uh, he told me that, um, you know, human beings forgot how to be present when they invented time. And I, I think I convert that. I know that came from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but I think about it my own. So every once in a while, I think, ah, let's just be here in this moment mm. where we and you and I can share both our similarities and our differences. And yet it's all still interconnected. And hopefully it sparks in someone else also their understanding uh, and maybe deepen it. Uh, and then they continue to share. So it's just, it keeps expanding. And so the feeling I'm having right now, um, as we talked about nature and eagles right before we came on, is this like this sacred motion that's happening. Um, and, you know, it's explained now through quantum physics and other kinds of things that modern science has. But in growing up, it was just, it was so much, uh, the, the lessons were so simple, Julian. They were like, um, you know, be careful, you know, choose 
what it is you think, choose what it is you say, because once you think it or say it, you can't take it back. And so you get to choose it every breath, whether you want to be good medicine or bad medicine. And we were talking about pharmacy and stuff. And you know, I'm saying that has its proper place. But what it means is that we have so much power and have so much potential for positive impact on each, each other. But we also have the, uh, the other side of it. Um, we can come in with anger and hatred and resentment, all those different things. Uh, and those have an impact too. And so what I love about the awakening that's happening is people are realizing, yeah, it's not about denying the suffering and the things, but also it's not about getting stuck in it. It's about how do we move how, that our natural, our, our part of this sacred motion, how do we move so that we can be and do in a way that is a life-giving force? Mm. This is really powerful um, bit of wisdom you're sharing there because it's also, you know, when we take this responsibility of our thoughts and of our words, um, it's also not that we need to, to be perfect or we need to mm -hmm. only pretend we have good thoughts or we, we are in a, in a world where we wish everything into existence because it's not quite like that, right? But it, it is ultimately our responsibility to come into that relationship. And so somewhere in the middle is the, the, the way um, that really connects us to the world around us. And um, you have to like a wholesome creation in that sense, because it's not really us making it happen. And so we, yeah, we, we, we have a lot more responsibility when we awaken to it. And in that, you know, in my own journey, I've, I've had to learn that it's, there's learning on every corner and in every human actually, because things go wrong, some things go right. And, and as a collective, we have a whole history of things going wrong behind us that shouldn't discourage us to trust in the rhythm of nature and to trust in the goodness of our heart and the hearts of others. Because I, I, can, I can sense that everywhere in the world where people are picking up this call, this is what's showing up. There are, there are millions and millions of people with a, a strong connection to their heart, wanting to yeah, create a world that, that does work for everyone and wanting to create a world in balance with the natural forces. I guess this is where, you know, the wisdom comes into is many of us just don't have this embodied wisdom because it wasn't part of our lineage. It wasn't part of how we grew up. And so um, maybe yeah. if, you, if you may, like, can you share a little bit more about the role of in, indigenous peoples of the entire planet at, at this time? And yeah. And how those of us who are who didn't grow up in, in, in an indigenous lineage, how we can connect to our own indigeneity to yes. the planet. That's what I was going to say. So if you saw me kind of getting serious there is because it hurts. Yeah. It hurts when I hear in particular, it's generally white people, people from Europe, and they don't remember who they are, mm. their heritage, and they only remember all the warring. And it's real. It's real. It's real. And that yeah. warring was taken with them to many places all over the earth. However, that's not who they are. That's what the, they went through. And so it is a time that people are awakening. And so from our and many of the indigenous perspectives, I can't speak for all the 6% of the population in the world or 2% in the US and, and the thousands of tribes. But from my, my Nahua tribe, which most people know as Aztec. And then I recently learned that I'm also um, of a desert tribe. I have no stories about that in the Southwest. And I'm also from the Amazon. And I have no stories about mm -hmm. that, except I've been leading groups there for some 14 years, which makes me go, hmm, now is that a coincidence? Or is that my, my DNA you know, uh, at work uh, in, in, uh, in that? But what, basically what I would say is that to be indigenous, when we use that today, we're really talking about people, groups of people who have stayed connected to the original knowledge. And that knowledge, it has different principles, key principles and things. And one of the main ones is that all life is interconnected. We, there is, I always often put my hands out in the, like this circle, just as my elder taught me, not up, down, but flat. And I was taught, you know, I'm a two-legged. And there's four-legged and there's winged and there's waters and creepy crawlies and five, all these different. And no one's greater, one is lower. And that the purpose in life is to be in right relationship, healthy relationship with myself and all these beings. But for not only now, but seven generations forward. 
And when you look at that, it's like you said, boy, there's responsibility with that. And even as a little girl sitting on the floor, listening to my uncle Moore, I would go, wow, uh, I have a lot of power and a lot of responsibility. So there's joy and responsibility in that. And so at this time, with the teachings from indigenous people, we're still here, first of all. So we've gone through many of our tribes through attempts, actual successful genocide and attempts at genocide. And what I always say is that they forgot we're seeds. So we're still here. So I'm, I'm the result of a dream of ancestors from before. You are, and others who may think because they don't have the specific ceremonies, songs, dances, communities that went way back, you also are part of it because ultimately we are all of the earth. We're all the minerals, the water, uh, the stardust, all of that. And that on one hand can sound like, well, that's great. That doesn't resolve all the other things. But when we realize that we're all part of this, then I want to make sure to protect the water, not only for the 50% of my body that's made of water, but for you and for future generations. It makes no sense to say I do anything alone because I don't. So even in this moment, I, what's coming through is to let people know, I've been doing this lately, it's a strange thing, but I'm working with some business leaders, like, well, I don't really get it in the way you get it. And just be, I know we need to listen. Scientists are telling us to listen. The UN says we have 82% of the world's most biodiverse lands left are lands that are indigenous people are on. And that's not just for you, that's saving it for the whole world. So I need to know. And I said, but they're still caught so much in this separation and individual. And so I, I started doing this. I said, hold your breath. You, you do everything alone. So just hold your breath. And I don't let it hold them until they're turned blue because I don't want them passing out. But they'll hold it pretty long. And then I go, I go let it go. <sighs> okay. You think that is all happening because of just the mechanics of your body. You know, your involuntary system wanting to breathe. You are alive because of those plant relatives out there mm. who are taking the carbon and giving us back the oxygen. So in yeah. every breath, we're already this, as we're listening and learning through science, the things that indigenous people have been saying for millennia is that we are intimately interconnected. And when we realize even in the depths of suffering, and I might share a little bit of my suffering because I want people to like think, whoa, that's really nice. Woo, woo, woo. No, everybody has suffering. What, what you realize, even with my background of nine years of childhood sexual abuse, um, and then when I was 13, my father was murder, race-related. And I'm not saying all that to try and shock anyone. What I'm saying is that some of the things that people think are unthinkable, unforgivable, what I'm here to say is when you're in understanding that you are a part of this amazing hoop of life, then what we realize is that sometimes the letting go, always the letting go, the forgiveness, not only of the hurts and mistreatments, but also of the joy because people suffer. Try, people suffer. I know I have to hold on to this because this is so good. I'm really, and that's just not the way we work. The way we, we operate, the way our spirit, mind, um, you know, physical being is it's in motion. Everything is in motion. And so we allow that to happen. I think that, that, which I said at a fairly high level, but also hopefully got it grounded a little bit is that that knowing that understanding of who we are, what we are, and that we're not alone, that we're part of an interconnected whole allows one to be and to move in a way that you are really clear when you're being good medicine, if you're a life-giving force, or are you causing harm? And just to be able to slow down enough to listen, to be present, to even ask that question so that you can pause. If I can't say yes, that what I'm about to say or do is going to support life. It's going to benefit not only now, but generations to come, not only of two legged, but of all the beings, then pause consider something else where before was always taught. And I see business leaders changing that now is that no, any decision is better than no decision. Let's get on with it right now. It's like, wait a minute. Time yeah, is yeah. not linear. Indigenous yeah. concept is time is circular, which is of course Einstein time and all the time that we're now beginning to understand. Mm. 
So that was a mouthful. Sorry, Julian. I kind of went off. I get excited because I, I think there's the so excitement. much to share. I'm just, I'm just listening. <laughs> exactly. There's so much to share. And we'll, we'll like, it's impossible to capture it all in, in you know, a 45 minute interview, but it's, <laughs> we're, we're, we're making a start. Yes. You know, what I find fascinating in this entire topic and is that it's all in the intelligence of nature. And when we recognize that we're a part of it as humans, rather than, and as you said, a separate piece to it, everything changes. And that seems to start to make a lot more sense and, and resonance in the hearts of many. But our systems, the way we operate in, let's say, business or politics or the way we govern the world have to catch up. And the people in those systems have to catch up. And sayings like, oh, but, well, but that's just business. You know, they're, they're increasingly the wrong thing to do, uh, not just to say, but to do. And they've always been, but it's now apparently obvious that yes. um, there's, no, there's no need for a, the pursuit of something that is harming uh, the environment or people that are a part of it. And so there's a lot of unraveling to do for all of us, right? There's a lot of unraveling of this. It's just business kind of mindset, which likely comes from a Cartesian worldview of the separatist yes. worldview of the world is a machine and the human body is a machine. And But the intelligence is, is, is visible in the organic um, kind of matrix of, of nature or the, the global nature intelligence system, right? Like there is an yes. intelligence, a breath. Um, and, you know, I, I'm an avid cold swimmer and, and go into the Pacific Ocean and do lots of breath work. And um, when that happens for me, there is a connection about two minutes into the cold water where the breath of the ocean and my breath start to become one. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a threshold to cross the own boundary of the biology to realize, oh, yeah, if you do this for long, you might die. Um, but in that activation through the cold there is something that connects me back to that nature intelligence system and it it becomes apparent and and then you know this is why i love these interviews and this is why i love this pursuit with green planet blue planet to understand like what who are the wisdom keepers of this planet who are the change makers of this planet because we're all here to help each other and we're all here to weave a new tapestry of connection among each other so that future generations don't have to believe in the same lies anymore. Yes, they don't have to. And we are seeing, uh, I know just this year, it's been talked about for a number of years, but just this year, the business roundtable, that group of business leaders, very significant, redefined the purpose of business, where it became not really that long ago in the last couple hundred years, it got turned into, it was about shareholders in the 18th, so share, shareholder value, what? And they changed it. They said, that's not what business is to benefit the stakeholders. Now, when you talk about stakeholders, then it gets into what you're talking about. When we look at whatever we do, a product, service, whatever we're doing, is it going to be uh, a, a benefit? Is it going to be healthy for all along the line? So the water, the earth, the, the, the current, the two-leggeds, the future generations. And if that's not the case, then they're saying, you're not doing what business is for. And of course, we didn't call it business before, but we always had trade. We had things we did cooperatively in community and it was to be of benefit and to be in harmony. So I, you're making me think about when I take people down to the Amazon, a couple of things happen really quickly. This is such a beautiful place to go. And I know not everybody can go there, but it's just so it's hard not to understand what we're talking about as being something that you have to strive for. It just is. Mm. One of the things people feel right away is, what is that? I feel different. It's called oxygen. It's clean. In <laughs> uh, most places around the world, it's not that clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is they're going through the translators. They start hearing, they're going, wait a minute. These folks, these people, the Ashwa, the Sapra, they don't talk about themselves as living in the forest. They don't even talk about themselves as carers or custodians of the force. They talk about themselves as being part of. And I said, yeah, what would that be like? Mm -hmm. What would that be like, Julian, if all of us spoke of ourselves as part of that water, that ocean that you're talking about, part Response, of the breath yeah. of all? Of, and I think that is what is opening up is people, people have been technology. They're realizing that a lot of this is that has been created and uh, has been mimicking nature. 
And why would it mimic nature? Because we haven't found anything better than nature, but we've also separated so much. Now it's a coming back. The call is to come back to remember. And for people who, this was one of the questions you asked me a long time ago, for people, one of the things I suggest in terms of having an understanding connection to who you are, because all people at some point were indigenous in the way we talk about it today. At some point, all people had an understanding relationship with nature, knowing that they are part of, not separate from. And you can call on your ancestors. And how you do that, there are many ways. You can go look and there are all sorts of great ways to do that. But what we are beginning to understand is that um, just through our DNA, our, our, our genetics and stuff, that, that we have some knowledge. But I will say one simple thing I ask white people and I'll just say it, white people, European people to do, because they're so hungry, they so want it. And they also don't want to just take, oh, I'm going to take indigenous stuff there, good, that, I'm done. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is, before you go to sleep, consider inviting before you go to sleep, invite your ancestors, invite all those beings, even in nature that you, that you love, that you feel safety and wisdom from, and your ancestors, even if you can't name them, and then go to sleep. Because one of the things that happens is we realize this thing up here, we need it, the mind, but we've forgotten that the heart is supposed to inform the mind. Nature that we're a part of informs the mind. And we flipped everything into that Cartesian, that individual, mm-hmm. I am, the I'm in mind. And that's, we got to undo that. And what you will find, what other people have told me, is they begin having the sense about their ancestors. And what if even though you don't know their names or even where they're particularly from or the ceremonies today, what if they are actually are always present, just like nature is present in you as well as external to you. Isn't that, that, that makes me so happy and excited because well, then, they, they are right. I mean, they they're, are they're, exactly. They're That's scientifically, what I said. <laughs> this is one of my favorite teachings. I think Guru Singh uh-huh. actually brought that into my life. Um, I think we have an understanding of epigenetic information being passed on for 14 generations in our DNA body. So what that means is 14 generations into my past, which, you know, that's like thousands of people, (laughs) thousands of people, hundreds of years, and their epigenetic markers, meaning the external genetic factors. So the, the circumstances that made their proteins create the DNA that, that they that they lived in their body is passed on to my body. So if my great, great, great grandfather uh, was experiencing pollution, then there is a marker in that that I'm still being passed on to. And then, talking about specifically in my genetic um, her- inheritance, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a factual truth. And, you know, for me, I, I relate to it much more through my heart than through the mind like this. But at this time of our evolution, we can basically find um, these, these really lines not. between the heart and the mind knowledge um, crossing because so many of us are very receptive when it is a logical, simple, plain truth that they can look up in a, in a dictionary or on a Google search. However, yeah, every- the, the experienced reality and the experienced emotion of everyone, that, that's what it's about, right? And, that and that's it. what I hear you say about translators in the Amazon um, you know, r- relaying the word of like, there is not us in the forest. There's, there's, there's all of it's us. Just all of us. And those are the, those are the simple changes, you know, um, the simple changes in our operating system. When we embrace living and relating like this, that's the actual change. Because for me, it happened, uh, you know, a decade ago when, when I was still kind of in touch with the corporate world. It, I just couldn't do it. Like, I, I admire you for being able to hold down this bridge so well. It's not really my world. You know, I couldn't switch off the way I felt about the world at the same time as I'm interacting with just what our minds are creating. And uh, lots of detours led me to where I'm now. But maybe to, you know, formulate that into a question for you, uh, Anita, how, how do you bring this optimism and this clarity for, to live from your heart, to live from that interconnection? into every setting, into every group, no matter where in the world you are, even if the other side might not agree with you or might not see it the same way. Yeah. Well, I think this is first of the place you start is the wonderful work you do. 
which is breath work. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it, part of it is we get triggered so much and oh, othering everything all the time because they don't agree with me or whatever it is on. And so what, what I was taught by my elders growing up was how to be quiet and listen. And then they taught me not to only listen to myself and to the elders, but they would have me go sit by a tree and listen. Mm. And to what, what eventually began happening is that what appears to be work uh, is actually not at all that where it's actually a hunger, a joy in the silence and the quiet. Cause that's when you, that's when I have heard the messages that's when I hear people who are in still the old system of, of business, but who are also are some of the wayfair who are, who are helping to shift it. Uh, and maybe it has to completely die and start all anew. Maybe there's some way of a nice hospicing. I don't know. But what I do know is that that breath understanding that this breath is not just about you. So it's the breath is the breath of the universe is the breath of at least you can count your plant relative that's nearest you and you can say gratitude. But when you start there, then you begin to, you, it is just a total mind shift and you begin to see the reciprocity um, that exists, even if you're not mm -hmm. conscious of it. And when you're conscious of it, then you make sure that you are um, sharing heart, love and kindness back. So I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. Many people say, especially with all the racial and social unrest that's been happening for a very long time, but now it's just yeah. so open. They say, how could you ever forgive the murderer of your father? Your father died because he was mistaken. A white man and black man had a fight early in the day and your dad was darkest skin and, and a white man came into the place and saw your daughter, dad's profile and shot three bullets. I said, no, at, at age 13, it was really hard. I didn't forgive at that point. I was beside myself. This is no one should be murdered like that. And we all just witnessed that in the last last year what, with George Floyd. What happened though, is when we forget who we are and what we are, which is about love, which is about connection, which is not, when we forget, then we get caught in the suffering and we can create suffering, even though that's not what we meant to. So I go into, that thing happens to me. I go into diversity and inclusion work, my early twenties, I'm in corporations, putting circles of people together. And what happened was I began hearing white people in circles talking about what their parents taught them. Many of them taught them they were better than people of color. They didn't say it that way. Some of them just, they didn't have any of us in their lives. And what came through to me is that I was becoming what I didn't want to be. The man who murdered my father, he forgot his humanity and my father's humanity and objectified him. There was a piece of me that believed that his son, who was 13 my age, that he, his only choice was to grow up and do the same thing. Mm. Now, what happened to me, though, by listening to all these voices of how people who are taught a certain way, white people. And they said, but we don't believe that. We love our parents, but we're doing something different. What happened to me is I realized that I had taken away this young boy's humanity. Mm -hmm. And I, the ultimate thing that made it lock into the heart was that, oh my gosh, that summer day in 1967, my five brothers and sisters and I lost our father. But that summer day, 1967, that white boy lost his father too. And he grew up knowing his father was a murderer. Oh my gosh. When that reality came through, when we can understand that all of us, then, then, you, then you want to create something, the grace and space where we can come back into a, a, a space where we understand our interconnection, the joy and the responsibility that comes with that. And, and I was able to forgive. I was able to forgive the murderer. I was able to forgive myself. Uh, and I, what I'm finding was happening with all of this really tough stuff unfolding in every sector, everything, education, race, uh, you know, environment, all mm -hmm. and on and on, is that as if we can 
get still, keep breathing, stay present, that, and, and allow that we're not doing it on our own, mm -hmm. that we have all sorts of support that we can see and the unseen, the ancestors we're talking about, then we can move forward. And then the last piece I want to say that, how, how do we move that way? Well, I know, I don't, I haven't met anybody who says they don't love anything. That, that, that you got to love something. So just focus on that and know that you could be, you are the ancestor, the future ancestor of that's going to continue to exist. And when you look at it that way, then I know what kind of future ancestor I want to be. I don't want to be known as the destructor, mm -hmm. but rather as the heart. And I think no matter what sector we're talking about, that that people are rising and people are looking to business. Most of the polls show that more people expect business to solve the big challenges of the planet than religion is only about 50%, 40-some percent um, is government. They're talking about business. Well, that means that each of us as individual leaders, I'm not just talking about heads of it, we're all connected in business some way. We have a lot of responsibility and power to shift things. Mm -hmm. And when you come from this mindset is not separation, but connection and love, then even when I hear data that people say, oh, the game's over. I'm sure you've heard that too, Julia. The game's over. We already hit the tipping point. Well, if, if that were true, which I don't sense that, because there's too much division about that too, but even if that were true, for me, the game is still on. Of course, you would still be seeking life, still trying to be a benefit for any, any remnant of what I love, what we all love of life. Hmm. Wow, there was a lot in that. There's a reverence to life that connects us to what you said, finding the humanity in each other, right? So that peace and forgiveness and your your childhood is, is huge. And I'm I'm so sorry that you you had to go through that experience, but I can tell that there are there are gifts in that experience that that you were able to embrace and able to share. So do you think that remembering of humanity and and that that reverence for life is a big part of our purpose as humans? Oh, it is to remember the wholeness of who we are. Again. Um, we are far more than we seem. So that, that I know as I forgave, that wasn't only that incident. I could feel something shifting in everything. Also, I could see the walls that I put up that stopped me from living fully. I was able to let people in my life. I mean, what a horrible thing to cut people out of your life, cut beings out of your life because of one painful incident, or maybe there were multiple of them, but nonetheless, I think it does, it, it, it makes a huge difference. And if I may say, because I want people to leave note what the four gifts are. So the first gift was the power to forgive the unforgivable. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching and listening, put that in the ceremonial part of your heart, because we're talking about heart and love. And then the second gift they put in there for all humankind to remember how to be in right relationship is the gift of the power of healing. And just thinking about that, every day we have something to heal. Could be a little thing. It could be a big thing. My kids always used to laugh at me because they go, oh, it's another great day to heal. And they go, well, you're the only mom that probably says that. The third gift is the gift of the power of unity. And that's what, Julian, you and I have been talking about a lot of this is, can we remember this unity? And then the fourth gift is the gift of the power of hope in action. And I'm not talking about action. something silly, but in action. Yeah. And that's basically part I've of why I'm delighted to be here. And I, yeah. I, I love I love the way you you go straight to hope in action. And actually, you know, this is a little side note, but you know, um, as you were speaking about unity as the third gift, a bald eagle started circling over the water out here. Ah, uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's for those of you that read signs like Anita and I do. Um, <laughs> it's it's real nature wants us to pay attention and all participants of nature 
and you know, I'm, I'm probably saying it the wrong way because I'm wanting no, to say we, it in an inclusive way. We're part of. Way. We, we are, are part of it, right? We are yes, nature. So we are we're, nature. We have these signs for ourselves through our friends, the trees and the animals, and the mycelium and the fungi and all of it that that are at all times communicating with us. And when we slow down, it it becomes plainly visible. And so you just shared the four gifts, and I'm I'm really curious to hear your answer to this question. If you were to change the education system for young ones altogether, maybe along the four gifts or maybe along the, you know, the, with, with a team of experts, what would you do? What would you, what would you bring into the world of young people so that they grow up in remembrance? Yeah. I've been talking a lot to youth. In fact, one of my, not far from where you are, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to 1112 to 18 year olds in Seattle area. Wow. And, um, there, boy, we got great people there, but not to put the burden all on them. We, we all have to do our part. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what it really is, and I think some of it's already happening, is being taught, yes, math is important, all these things, they're very important. However, the important things about understanding who you are and what you are, understanding all the connections. And these young people, they, they got it. And they were, they were very sad and frustrated. And they asked me, what do I do with, I, I don't like wearing the mask. I've missed my friend. And they, so I asked them a few questions. They got it faster than any adult. What it got to is, oh, I'm realizing what I'm frustrated about is because I love my friends. And I want to be with them. And I asked them, how many of you say you love your friends? At that age, it's really, you don't do that, right? They go, but I do love my friends. And I said, mm -hmm. when we could open the heart to understand what we love. So it's really about understanding you do nothing alone. Everything is here. We've got enough. And these are smart kids going to very yeah. expensive schools. And they even know my parents sent me here because they want me to be on Wall Street or they want me to own the company. And they want, mm. but I really love the ocean. <laughs> I really love my friends. That's what we need to remember. And I, there's ways to do that. I don't mean throwing out all the other, but the whole thing about mm. buy, 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 consume, 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 who has more is the happier. Right where you're living are tribes that it took so long for the colonists to try and ship them. In fact, they couldn't, they kept killing them because in those tribes of the Northwest, many of them, the wealthiest person was the one who had nothing. So they kept giving to bribe and they kept giving it away. <laughs> See, so the system doesn't work if you don't participate. If you participate from the place of love that yeah. allow things to shift. Beautiful. And you're right, this consume destroy, obey chain of effects is becoming very obvious. And all of us, you know, are called to really check in with our participation in that. And when we are in circumstances of life where the value exchange is a different one, like in your example of the wealthiest person is the one with, with the least things, um, or it could simply be in like a, you know, in, in, in a chapter of our life where we experience wealth and abundance in a different form than consumption and yeah, then stop. The, the connected destruction and the connected obedience to the system, actually. Suddenly we're, we're seeing the world with a different eye, right? And when it comes to the younger generations, this curse of just following the economic value needs to stop at some point, because if a child loves the ocean pursuing that, and mm. seeing what gift comes on the other side is so much more valuable than being the CEO of a company that maybe the family built. And maybe that is important from a certain angle, but very, very powerful examples you're bringing, bringing up. And, you know, I, I have one specific question for you, Anita, that I've actually asked every single person on this podcast. And I'm, I'm, I'm always um, curious to know the answer it's the the question that made me start this journey with green planet blue planet and it's about your dream for the earth or your dream as we are the earth um taking the next seven generations into account so not just what we would teach the generations coming in but what is the dream that's in your soul that's in your um you know in in in, in your gift to give to the world that 
um, you, you wish the world to to be and 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 feel like for the next seven generations going forward. Yeah. It already is unfolding, but I want it to be in a huge, massive way, which is that in this great awakening and then the conscious action that follows, we realize who we are, what we are, and that we do nothing alone. And that all we love, we understand that we can be part of that generative process like in nature um, to just keep it alive and expanding that's really it so no matter what your circumstances mm. no matter the color of your skin no matter how much money you have whether you own your, your, your what land you're sitting on where you're at or whatever if if humanity could understand that because the other parts of the relatives of the hoopa life they get it they've been calling mm. to us yeah. way before the pandemic They've been calling to us. Yeah. If we could understand that, we could listen. And then with that, the joy and responsibility. And it's not all heavy response. There's joy in that. That's my goal. That's my, the connecting the hearts of people all over the world. That's what, that's what my dream is for here and for seven generations mm -hmm. out. Connecting the hearts of the people back into the hoop. The hoop of the prophecy. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I I get more and more the feeling that our hearts are already switched on. And it's really just us choosing them over listening to the separatist or the individuated narrative that maybe also happens. Like, I don't know how that is for you in your body, but my, my feeling is that we all have a narrator. We all have a storyline that's going on. But that storyline is actually... Yeah, I've noticed this in, in my last 15 years, it, 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 it rarely ever connects me to anything I truly desire on a deeper level, on a, on a level of, um, yeah, of love. And I think love, love is the only right word here. And, and the identity of who we truly are or when we zoom out far enough, right? It's, um, you made this example with the forgiveness. It just sends me, it sends me on a marvel just even hearing this, this from you and like feeling it and letting it sink in. And I think it's happening everywhere. So even the places that look so mm. disparate, governments and corporations and others, what, what the good news is, is that the people are rising um, and the others within those, they'll slowly get there, but nobody's waiting anymore. It's understanding that we have enough love, enough capacity, and collective power, and I mean that in a love kind of power, to, to shift things if we choose it. So let's, you know, our conversations, which I just love all, every time I've had a conversation or had you take us through breathing exercise and stuff, um, it is unfolding. And so I have to remember that. And that's not about, you know, a denial. I, I can still be present to the other, but then I have the energy and choice to not get stuck, but to shift it. Still responding. Mm. I'll never forget what happened to me in my childhood, mm. both the abuse and the murder. I'm never going to forget that. But it also, I'm not in it. I'm free to use my energy for what I choose to use now and what I want to create. You know, I have unconditional love for myself and I think and for others because I have it for myself I can give it even to the people that I I totally don't agree with there's a lot of their belief systems but I was like oh my gosh this is a human being and and still maybe he's not in my front row of my life but he's right at the back of the building if not outside the building where I'm sending him love or her love and an elder recently told me and I'd love to pass this on to you and others um Basil Braveheart, he's a Lakota Ogallala elder. And before the shutdown, the last Sundance I got to be at, we were doing something special on forgiveness. And he came over and said, oh yeah, I've heard of you, the forgiveness lady. And I'm, yeah, you're, you're unforgiving. He goes, yeah, I'm about forgiveness too. And he said, the third thing though, it's true. Forgiveness is a pathway to your freedom. Forgiveness is the pathway to unconditional love. In your next book, add this. Forgiveness is the passcode to your own divinity 
and the divinity of the hoopa life. let that one sink in forgiveness is a very very powerful tool and it's it can it's the only tool that can get us through this mess out of which we're coming at the moment it's necessary so many people are asking me to come in and help them in their businesses and other places with unity and hope and you start wherever there is no judgment you go wherever and you use other gifts i the invitation is to be in conscious action as part of the hoop of life. But what I will say to them, and they find out pretty quickly, you might have the greatest vision. You might have all these followers. And I will tell you, it will be much bigger, more expansive if you continue to do your healing and forgiveness work. Because that forgiving and healing is blocking. And I am a personal example of that. Uh, the things that have been unfolding in my life and the lives of the people around me and nature are wonderful, are absolutely breathtaking of what people are willing to um, give of themselves in order to ensure that there is a current, a present, and a future for the two legs in the super life, as well as the other beings. This was such a beautiful conversation. Thank so, you. So much to learn from you. And, you know, um, as I said in the beginning, it's going to be it's going to be tough to capture that in 45 minutes. But I think we did a, a fairly good job in, in getting some gold nuggets of, of wisdom into words and the feeling and the vibration of it. And um, may it be so. May, may everyone who's listening to this today um, and any day feel the resonance of your words and feel the resonance of that truth so that we can carry out um, our participation in the interconnection of life everywhere we go because as you're saying it it's happening and let's remember that it's happening but it's also happening through us we're here not just to watch it we're not here just to judge it or measure it we're here to make these experiences and in my personal experience and field of experiences it's when the magic takes off is when we're actually living in forgiveness and we're living in whole systems awareness and we're not just finding fancy words for it. It changes everything. And it does. Sometimes it's not a hashtag, right? It's not a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's really, it's at the molecular level. That's what we're It's going not for. a virtual reality in that sense either. It's, <laughs> no. it's, it's, uh, it's in the physical hologram that we're experiencing with with source creator and and we're we're here to connect right mm. we here to connect to our our heart that is connected to the heartbeat of the central sun and all the all the energy that we're receiving on this planet at this time and yeah ah, thank you anita this was a pleasure thank you